0: I'm Greg Parham, the Executive Director for the Quality Certification Program. And today we have the pleasure of speaking with Mike Sarno, owner of Mass Cabinets in Methuen, Massachusetts. Welcome, Mike.
1: Good afternoon, Greg. Thanks for having me.
0: Today's topic is leveraging your QCP license. So a little background for our topic today. Mike sent us an email recently expressing his frustration that he lost a project which required QCP but then the architect removed the requirement during the bid process. So Mike, you wanna give us a little bit more detail on that?
1: Um, Sure. We've been a QCP member since 1999, uh, about 22 years doing QCP projects. Um, This particular project came up and we registered the project um, with QCP, um, submitted our bid to the general contractor, and uh, about a couple of weeks later, the architect issued an addendum Removing the QCP out of the project. Uh, we reached out directly to the architect and asked what's going on, or how did this occur? And it was stated by the architect that um, several mill workers reached out and said that they weren't able to bid on the project because of the requirement and they requested it to be removed. Um, so it was removed by the architect. I had a long conversation. They felt a bit on the unjust or unfair side that they didn't want to remove it and the owner wanted it, but a lot of pressure comes back from the general contractor uh, having the ability to hire a non-QCP or non-AWI member uh, for this particular project in many projects. So it it left us in a bad feeling in our mouth that we felt that, geez, we did all the right things, we're a QCP shop, Uh, we're out promoting the QCP and it was simply removed um, you know, with really no just cause. And it's a, it's a deficit to the owner that they, you know, the, the time to spend with the QCP and all of a sudden it's removed from the project. So that's a basic background of, of that particular project and why I reached out to, uh, to your office, Greg.
0: Right. And and I understand the frustration. Unfortunately, we, we hear this more times than we, than we would like, but unfortunately there's a no, we can't stop an architect or owner from withdrawing the QCP requirement, but we can help you through the through the program to try and win more projects and also to work on educating the architect. Um, so let's just give a little bit more background. Why why are you a QCP licensee?
1: So approximately twenty-two years ago I seen the need uh, to be a QCP shop. And that puts us into a level of um, maybe some hierarchy, I would call it, uh, offering this higher quality to the general contractors that we serve. And we felt that for one, it's a, it's a great program that gives us the ability to um, do better projects, be involved in, in, in wonderful projects, uh, and also use this as a marketing tool to go to the general contractors uh, and also the architects saying, hey, we're gonna offer you a better project, a better pro, a better product um, and, and we're backed up right behind uh, with QCP and using the, the AWS manual. And then uh, we're gonna guarantee that we're gonna follow these uh, requirements. So we felt that it was a great marketing program, um, set us aside from the regular millwork shop uh, and as well as offer a better service to our clients. So walk
0: us through how, what is your best practices process for project bid that includes QCP?
1: So uh, first step is uh, read the project documents, read the contract documents, and find the proper language in the specifications. Uh, typically 6,400 is our division spec that we're looking at and find the language that says uh, certifications and and labels required under the AWI QCP program. Once we identify the uh, the required specifications, we go to the QCP website and register the project. And that involves putting in uh, architect's name, project name, contractor, if we're known, um, woodworker, most of the time we're bidding it. So it's, it's, it's unknown. Um, and that sets us the ability to register the project that QCP issues, a registration number back to the us. And it's now on their database as a registered project. project with the architect. Um, and then when we bid the project, we noted on our bid that this job is QCP. Um, we are a QCP member and certified to do QCP work. And we even put the registration number on our bid and then we submit the bid to the general contractor.
0: Okay. So, so one of the things you may not be aware of is uh, one of the ways that we do help woodworkers such as yourself is that uh, once a project is registered with us, if we do have the GC and the architect's contact information, we have a process where we will periodically be contacting both of those parties to see, number one, if the project has been awarded. And once it has been awarded, we will check to see if that woodworker that was awarded the project, if they're a QCP licensee or not. If they're not licensed, we're going to let the architect and the GC know that this woodworker is not licensed in the program, and therefore the project cannot be certified. Uh, We have had some instances where we've done this, and we have seen that the architect required that the GC go back out and rebid it and award it to a, to a QCP licensed firm.
1: Wow, that's great. That's great. Uh, I was aware that uh, QCP does do that uh, outreach, and I think it's a great asset as a millwork shop to have that backup behind me that QCP's out there following up on these projects. So once you've
0: bid a project, about how long does it usually take before you hear back?
1: So typically in the public work uh, projects that we're involved in, which would be state and federal projects, uh, different agencies like GSA, uh, Coast Guard, National Parks, uh, these are the agencies that are typically requiring the QCP, um, state and local agencies. So we'll bid the general contractor. Generally speaking, we'll hear back in around two to three months that we're uh, negotiating or awarded the project um, at that point.
0: So do you follow up on on the bids where you lose the job to see why you lost them or?
1: We do, we do. It's very difficult to get um, accurate information back from a g- general contractor after the fact that uh, the bid submitted. So we do follow up and we do have relationships uh, with many local general contractors and we do get some good feedback and who the job was awarded to. Um, And then that gives also me the ability to go back and look at the QCP uh, registered participants and see if that millwork shop is QCP. Um, And again, uh, reaching back out to QCP and AWI saying, hey, this shop was awarded the job. They are not. It's now the next steps on QCP to follow back with the general contractor and architect uh, to maybe enforce the policy.
0: Right. And and we do, we try and again, as I said, we we will let the architect and the GC know, hey, this project cannot be certified because the woodworker is not licensed. To provide clarity, I I do want to state that a Woodworking firm can pursue QCP licensing while they are doing the project. Uh, of course, not having the, having gone through the licensing process, this can be a challenge for the woodworker as, as typically we will see more nonconformities as they're not familiar with the standards in comparison to a firm such as yours, Mike, that has over 22 years experience in the program.
1: Understood, understood. So uh, to clarify, if a woodworking shop is not QCP, they do have the ability to use the program um, and provide a certified uh, labels to the architect and owner?
0: Only a QCP licensed firm can certify a project. So if they don't complete the licensing process, then the project can't be certified but they can go through the licensing process while they're also doing the project and we will inspect it, but they will not get the certificates until they complete the licensing process.
1: Understood. Understood. And, and what we found is um, being QCP certified, um, it doesn't add that much work to our, our end of the project. Um, It doesn't, change our shop drawings it doesn't change what we're building we're following the awi aws standards um, and we found that it really doesn't add a lot of steps and it doesn't add a lot of cost except the fee to uh to pay qcp for the labels and certifications which is uh currently a half a percent of the project
0: right and and i think that's one of the key things to being successful in this program is you have committed to building to the standards all the time. You're not making it a special manufacturing process. When you get a QCP project, you're you're committing the building to it, and then you're not going to have those additional costs. that Some people, some licensees licensees will talk about how they have to change something, but because you made that commitment, then you don't have to do that.
1: Correct. Correct. Our team knows that this is our standard that we follow and it doesn't change the way we build things because it's a QCP. Right.
0: That's a path to success in the program for sure.
1: I would agree. I would agree.
0: So we've talked about leveraging QCP and bidding and marketing. Um, Do you have any other advice or comments for anyone that might be considering TCP licensing?
1: Uh, the comments that I, I would have for someone that is interested or looking to get involved, um, it's a process that does require time. It's not a process that's gonna happen in uh, overnight or a long weekend. Uh, there's samples involved, there's reviews, there's shop drawings, uh, there's site photos and, and approvals. So there is a timeline involved And doing the right thing takes time. And being able to offer this to your clients is worth doing. It's very clear worth doing. Uh, It gives us the ability to say, hey, we are a QCP certified shop. We have it on our advertisement. We have it on our letterheads. We have it on our business cards. We have it on our vehicles. Um, it, It sets us a standard aside And and it's worth doing for any mill workshop to get involved with the AWI and follow the standards of AWS and go to that next level and become a QCP participant.
0: I really like hearing those kinds of comments because that's really the way I look at this program is it's setting people apart from the rest of the gang out there. You're making a commitment, you're going, you're making the effort and you're setting the a standard above and beyond the average woodworker out there and the architects, our, our goal was to give the architects and the GCs and the owners the assurance that if you're using a QCP license firm such as yourself, they'll get what they wanted, what they stated and it will be done properly.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, it will follow those standards. And uh, it'll be a successful project at the end, uh, including all the parties the owner, the architect, the general contractor, and of course the woodworking. All right.
0: Well, that's all the time we have for today. I want to thank you so much for making the time to join us. Um, I hope we've provided the listeners with a few takeaways on leveraging the QCP licensing when bidding on projects. And to our audience out there, I want to thank you for listening.
1: Thank you, Greg, and thank you all the efforts that QCP makes uh, and follows through on projects. And uh, we're here to promote this product. And uh, thank you very much. Thank you for supporting us.
0: And thank you to all of our listeners. If you're interested in finding out more about how QCP can help your interior woodwork projects, visit our website at awiqcp.org. you can also subscribe to be notified when new podcasts are posted. If you already worked on a QCP project that you want to tell us about or would like to join us to talk about the trade, reach out to us on our website or call us at 571-222-6559 and you could be our next podcast guest. Again, thanks for listening.